Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. Today is part three, and we're talking about real estate listings not selling, and we've been giving you what many of you are agreeing are excellent points on how to get your listing sold. And a lot of you are doing the smart thing and using this uh, series of podcasts we've done. This is day three and the last day on this series as a checklist so that you don't make the mistakes that, frankly, a lot of your competitors are making in the marketplace right now. This is very important that everyone understands this. This is the best time that Julie and I have seen in almost, well, easily 15 years to become a listing agent, provided you're willing to do the real work of real estate. And what do I mean by that? Well, guess what? It's not uh, making a TikTok video about what you had for lunch today. It's not doing a TikTok video with your parrot. It's not worrying about making a bunch of YouTube videos, hoping and praying that somebody's going to eventually call you. It's the real work of real estate, which requires having real conversations with real sellers. And that's what we teach you to do in Premier Coaching. So if you're wondering what your next step should be in your coaching career, if you're wondering for, you know, how do I get direction in this crazy market, this crazy economy, crazy political situations, interest rates, oh my, the simple answer is join Premier Coaching. Text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. Or just go to members.timandjulieharris.com. Members and you can join Premier Coaching for free. That's right. Nothing zero free. Um, hopefully you understand that you won't have to pay a thing. So just text the word Premier to 47372 or just go to members.tim Remember in texting, message and data rates may apply. So Julie, you were on six high producing or top producing. Mm-hmm. I think you maybe had one agent that was little Midland producer. Uh, up so, and coming. Right. Up and coming. Right. We don't call them new agents. We call them up and coming. And from your perch talking with all these folks from all over the country, any big takeaways? And I know a lot of your personal coaching clients are actually also really, you know, huge listing agents as well. Yes. Well, I would say the big takeaway that I have, first of all, big shout out and kudos to them for being really drilled down with some extremely specific goals. We're not just, yes, we're doing goal setting for next year, but also for the rest of this year to have some really specific monthly goals. So if you have, when you have listings, Are they selling or aren't they selling? I'll tell you one observation from a coaching standpoint is that unlike what we've seen over the past, you know, even decade or so, where kind of the market moved the same, most people were getting multiple offers and escalating prices, blah, blah, blah. Now we're having to really look at each individual listing as its own thing. And that's kind of the point of this podcast series is if your listings didn't sell right away, right away being in the first you know weekend or two, what are you supposed to do about it? Because they don't all act the same. My listing agents that carry you know, 10, 15, 20 actives, they're still having some that get multiple offers, mostly in the more moderate price ranges where maybe they got investors competing, whatever. And then others where it seems like we're having to make some changes. We're going to have to do something about the feedback. We're going to maybe do a price adjustment. But overall, I would say agents have to be a lot more aware, a lot more tuned in, communicating at a higher level, and at the same time, building listing inventory. Because as you said, this is the best time to be doing that. Work when other agents aren't working. Work when other agents have a lot of questions in their mind. Our coaching clients, they're doing that, and they're all on track 
or ahead of what their goals were, even with a shifting market. It always comes down to doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Maybe but it's, it's at that highest level that's changed a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Because now you have to have a lot of skill. That's what's truly necessary. Yeah. And you said something there. You said communicate. By communicate, we don't mean uh, digitally. We mean actually picking up the phone and having face-to-face communication. Because ultimately, that's going to be more effective. Of course, that's going to be more effective. I'll prove it to you. How long have humans been on planet Earth? Let's just agree thousands of years. And how long in those thousands of years have humans been communicating face-to-face, you know, uh, not even having phones? Well, that would be a majority of those thousands of years. So we're a hardwired program to be able to communicate at the highest level looking at someone or at least having, you know, voice-to-voice communications with them, right? Uh, So remember that. You are working against people's natural inclinations and natural programming when you try to do everything digitally. I'm not saying digitally isn't important. Of course it is. We use digital communication all the time. Want proof? We're doing it now. You're listening to us. And this podcast is obviously done digitally. But the moral of the story is when you're wanting to have high impact sales, remember, it's doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. It's going to uh, require and and it will pay so much more when you're willing to have these conversations. And don't hide from the market. The market's not going to change. We're in this market adjustment, not just for housing, but for the economy. It's going to last years, guys, two to three years. Uh, Again, we are guessing as much as anybody is. We don't have a crystal ball or our tea leaves aren't any more truthy than the next guy's tea leaves. But certainly, everyone will agree, this is something that none of us have ever experienced before, this economy you know, this housing market. So the reality of it is it's going to require, obviously, you to have a new skill set. And the best way to apply that skill set is having direct, real communication with folks and not hiding behind a keyboard. And when you do that, guess what's going to happen? Your mindset's going to change. You're going to feel differently about yourself. You're going to feel excited. You're going to feel proud even. You're going to look at yourself in the mirror having just had a conversation with, say, a for sale by owner or a center of influence of past client person and having that conversation went, you know, go really well. And you're going to be incredibly proud of yourself. And then what are you going to do? You're going to do it again and again Lather and again. Lather and repeat. Again. Right, because you're starting to see the momentum build. But it's going to take doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. The good news is it's not that hard, especially now because a vast majority of your competitors in the marketplace don't listen to this podcast. I mean, there's listened to by tens of thousands of agents every day, but there's still 1.6 million agents in your marketplace. So most agents are going to try to make what worked maybe six or 12 months ago work now and work in the future. And it might marginally work, but it won't work anything like it did. Those of you buying buyer leads, you know what I'm talking about. Notice how your cost per lead has gone through the roof, but the quality of the lead has essentially become really, I don't want to even use the word worse, but worthless. How about that? (laughs) I don't, don't well, I'm trying not to be overly critical, but we hear from these people all the time and we have to somewhat, um, you know, when we're presenting on the podcast, we don't speak as directly as we do if we are on a coaching call. That's true. But if we are on a coaching call, if I were talking with one of you, I would, and you're a, a real advocate of buying buyer leads, I would ask you to do the math on how much that buyer lead was costing, factor in all your costs, and you quickly realize that you are working for basically you know eight or nine dollars an hour if that buyer bought anything at all, but you're paying in some cases three, four, five hundred dollars per buyer lead, not per closing. So the math of making buyer leads, bought buyer leads work, really didn't work before, certainly doesn't work now. So open your mind to the new opportunities this market presents and don't be scared. Don't and don't procrastinate. That's the other thing. You do have an advantage right now 
And you'll probably have this advantage for the next six to 12 months because the market's going to go through a real clearing. Agents who don't know how to actually compete in this new marketplace, they're not going to be around in a year. They're not going to be around in 18 months. That's unfortunately the truth. So a lot of agents that were doing a lot of the narcissistic type marketing that's been so prevalent in the last few years, I don't know how they're going to survive in this new market that requires skills and people having a real professional sales-minded approach to selling real estate. It's going to be interesting. But that makes room for everyone else who is up and coming, who is experienced, because on the other end of the spectrum, you have some agents that have maybe been at it for a while that don't want to go through another shift, and they're just going to hang up their license and retire. All of this means that for those of you who are focused, who are skills-based, who are taking action, and who are being versatile, all of you guys are absolutely going to thrive. I already see it with our coaching clients. They are drilled down, man. You don't get any negativity from them. There, there's no like, gosh, you know, what, what's going on out there? They're like, let me tell you about the listings I've got set up. And I ask them, you know, because we're trying to get the new profile the, through the shift, what's going on? And for those of you who are listening where you've convinced yourselves that, you know, because your showing activity maybe is slower and maybe you've lost some buyers due to interest rates, that nothing's going on, well, the first thing you should do is get into your MLS and see how much is pending because there's pendings all around you. See how many new listings are out there. There's new listings every single day. The inventory is going up. And then ask yourself, how many of those deals are you in the middle of? Because that proves to you there's a lot going on, but the nature of it has changed. Well, yeah, to your point, Julie, I mean, what was it? 2021, there were 6.1 million, I think it was 6.13 million home sales. This year, it's projected there's going to be something like 5.1 or 5.2 million home sales. Nobody knows for sure what next year is going to be, but I'll tell you this. At the very depth of the housing crash, Mm -hmm. there are 4.35, I believe, million home sales. So even if it goes down to 4.35 million home sales, which it most certainly won't, but if it were to, remember, that's a home sale and there's two sides to a real estate transaction. Mm -hmm. So that's what almost at 8.7 million uh, real estate commissions that will be paid. The and average. How many do you need? <laughs> exactly. 8.7. Let's just call it 9 million. Forgive me for rounding up. <laughs> and then the average uh, home that's selling is going to be what? 425,000, 450,000 with added more uh, added yep. inflation. And then you multiply that times whatever your local commission is. Guys, hello. Are you telling me there's not a lot of opportunity out there? The opportunity is just going to different agents. That's really what's happening. Agents that are willing to do the real work of real estate, which is what we teach you in Premier Coaching. So, Julie, let's finish out day three. We've got one, two, three, four, five points. And I know a lot of you guys are writing these down. We don't share our notes anymore on the podcast. Why? Because a lot of people are cutting and pasting our notes and reproducing them without um, our permission. So now we read you our notes. And uh, so it's up to you to take notes from what Julie's about to share with you at point number 11. All right, point number 11. This is part three of our three-part series about not just taking listings, but making sure that they sell. So all of these points you can use when you take the listing prior to getting it active, but also for those of you who maybe have some listings that didn't sell immediately. Point number 11, does your listing have negative feedback that never gets remedied? Obviously, if it's already on the market, you're getting feedback. Now, let's hover there for a second. What's feedback, Some of these guys have never done feedback because they didn't need to. The feedback was, here's your offer. Right. But on the listing side, what Julie's talking about, and I don't, there probably are better solutions to homefeedback.com now because Home Feedback Tom is owned by Showing Time and Mm -hmm. Showing Time is owned by Zillow. And so that that Zillow. But there's tons of apps for this. Yeah, there's tons of apps. You might want to go and find out a different widget to do home feedback. But for those of you who don't know or have forgotten, um, again, by the way, you can do this, have a person do this. We teach our coaching clients when meeting with a seller to give the seller an option. Do they want live feedback or they want digital feedback? 
Um, and you know, you can use again, homefeedback.com or one of the other widgets that does the same thing. And what it does is it'll email that co-op showing the buyer's agent to show the property and ask for feedback from the seller. The, uh, I'm sorry, feedback from their buyer. The other option is you just have somebody on staff. You could even have a VA, right? Somebody from the Philippines making the calls to the co-op buyer asking for feedback, maybe five simple questions. And the third solution, and this is something that you, frankly, it's the easiest to implement. It doesn't cost you any money is leave a simple card in the house for the buyer's agent to have the buyer fill out while they're in the property, giving immediate feedback to the seller. The disadvantage to that is some of their feedback might be a little bit, shall we say, raw, might be too truthy for the seller. It could be, so <laughs> and, be careful. And the other problem is, is you're not going to get it because the seller's going to have it. You're not going to have it. So you're not going to be there to help translate the feedback to the seller, which by the way, goes back to one of the things you get when you join our coaching program. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what level it's on, but it's the, again, I don't remember it's the name. It's level two or three proven home selling system. And it's called, I think I'm reading your mind, the yeah. feedback translator. Exactly. So when, and I know feedback is news for some of you. And if you're a coaching client, you have samples of the, all of this in part of Premier, but really what, what we're talking about is when the feedback is, well, you know, we're just going to keep on looking like the house, but it wasn't for us. What does that really mean? It probably means that they're going to go find something that's priced less that does meet their needs. Well, so you've got to, exactly. you know, you have to be able to translate all of that. The house smelled earthy. <laughs> the home feedback. What does earthy mean? You My know? favorite one of all time was a California agent whose feedback constantly was uh, smells and shows like a zoo. <laughs> you and mean I, on her listing. Uh, on her listing. And, you know, I, my heart goes out to her because it was her very first listing. And I had to convince her that not every listing was going to be like this. So finally, after getting that like four or five times, she investigated. And as it turns out, the uh, it was a divorce situation. And uh, one of them was still living in the house with their support miniature pony living inside the house and there was actual horse manure in the house thus the showing feedback shows like and smells like a zoo so back to our point here does your listing have negative feedback that never gets remedied and the price hasn't improved to reflect that so when you take a listing after you get the paperwork signed you give the seller um, this book basically. And again, it's called for those Proven of, home selling system. For those of you in premier coaching, make sure you download that. You can personalize it, but really there's not much personalization that needs to be done. And in there is the feedback translator where they can go and essentially, you know, translate all the feedback. So you're then delegating any potential bad news that you'd normally have to give to the seller to the book. You know, you're asking them, showing them when you take the listing to flip through the pages, have them go there as their reference. Don't put it online, give them something because it feels more substantial. It makes it feel like you're giving them because you are giving them something that has more value than just telling them to go to a website. That's right. But the point is, that if you keep on hearing the same things, don't do nothing about it. You've either got to adjust the price to reflect what you're hearing or fix the negative. In many cases, help the seller fix the negative feedback. One of my coaching clients has a, an older home in an older area and we couldn't figure out what was going on. We thought that it was uh, priced correctly. She sent me a picture of it. And it, it's a metal door that used to be just a decent-looking front door, green front door. But it has a big swath of rust over the front. And it just it has terrible curb appeal. So that's something that's probably pretty easy to fix. Point number three, or 12. point number 12, which is similar. Does your listing have too many personal items? Like family pictures, degrees on the wall, specific artwork, good, bad, or otherwise. These things can distract the buyer from focusing on the property and how they would live there. That's really important. And it's, again, one of those things that it's hard to tell a seller 
to remove their family pictures or remove their degrees and their diplomas. That's the reason when you take the listing, you give them the, the guide and then you flip to the page of things they should be doing, a checklist of immediate items before their first showing. One of which I think it's point number three is to remove all the tchotchkes, remove the plates, yeah. the beer can collection, remove, <laughs> of course, this might not apply in all markets, but if they have any dead animal heads on the wall, you know, maybe that's market specific, but that might not be a good thing. Maybe not. Right. Yeah, I mean, imagine that is a thing in many markets. So Texas, I'm thinking well, about. Well, actually, I was thinking of Austin. You know, it's so yeah. funny with Austin becoming, well, it's already become like mini California and all the Austonians, most of them being, you know, real Texans, basically. Hunters. Hunters, right. And if so when you go to the MOS in um, Austin, as soon as you go out maybe five miles from central Austin, <laughs> you start getting into real Texas. Julie and I lived um, was what, 30, 30, miles, 30 miles north of Austin when we lived there, mm-hmm. and we were in real Texas. Um, it was unusual, let's say, not to walk into somebody's house and have just a whole barrage of wild animals staring mounts, back I at you. Yeah, mounts, exactly. Yes, which was, you know, something to get used to. But imagine somebody coming from a different mindset, different market, walking in there. Maybe they're just going to be turned off by it. They won't even want to see the pictures, really. No, a lot of and, cases. but there's a script to that. You know, how you live in a house when it's being marketed for sale is different than how you actually live in the house. And since you're moving anyway, why don't we go ahead and box some of this up? Or bury the heads and yes. have a nice funeral for them. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So point number 13, does your listing have obvious detriments like, this is again, kind of similar, like bugs, dog hair, cat box smells, unidentifiable smells or stains, or other off-putting things that are making the buyer run away? Either price it to reflect that condition or fix the condition. Even a dirty, smelly, scary house will sell for the right price. And again, we give them lists of things they, they can do and suggestions on way they can fix all these smells. There's actually smelling uh, air, um, odors are one of the hardest things to figure out where they're coming from, but one of the easiest things to fix. Yes. There's on Amazon, and you maybe want to consider getting one of these guys as... This is posted in Premiere, by the way. Oh, is it really? It is, because I kept on sending the link to so many coaching clients, I just decided to put it in there. What was it called? A D- An ionizer. Ionizer, yeah. And it's this little metal box and... It's ridiculous. It's so effective that it'll change the smell of basically an entire house. Like smoky houses, Mm -hmm. cat bee houses, all of that kind of thing. And especially the worst, I think, is unidentifiable fishy. You know, what is that smell? But the air ionizer is something that you should have in your real estate listing agent toolkit. Put your name on it. Put a sticker on it so you remember to get it back on your listing. Maybe, you know, those of you who have lots of listings, maybe you should have three or four of those. And, you know, run it for, it only takes like an hour or two before a showing to pretty much clear the air out. But yes, exactly. Don't, um, you're not supposed to breathe the air coming out of the thing. Don't really understand why. Uh, just remember that. So don't run it while they're in the house. Run it before they get to the listing. And that also or the maybe is presenting an objection that they wouldn't have otherwise had. Right. So like, what is this machine doing, right? Exactly. So that's just a little tip from the front lines. Okay. Uh, but don't have strange things going on. All right. It was okay when we were the only listing, but not now. All right. Number 14, does your listing have a lower than expected buyer side commission? If a buyer's agent is setting up showings and they have other choices, your listing will be deprioritized if the commission is too low. Now let's talk about that. A lot of people get really fussy when we make this point. A lot of people are going to say the buyer's agent ethically is obligated to show the property that's most appropriate for the buyer and all of that. And guess what? We a hundred percent agree, but reality being what it is, um, People are often going to, if something is marketably less appealing from a buyer's agent perspective. When they have choices. When they have choices, right. When there's a choice, for example, let's say, just so we can stage this correctly, and no, do not give us a nasty comment. 
telling, uh, saying that we're telling buyers agents to show the listings that have higher commissions. Statistically, the listings that have higher commissions in a market like this sell faster. So all we're doing is saying, I suggest you actually dial into reality. We're facting. It, we're facting. That's right. And that's, uh, for example, the reason that in some markets, we were talking in San Antonio the other day, you know, the average buyer agent, what, what DR Horton was it? Uh, it was either KB or DR Horton. I, I think yeah, their, their buyer agent commission was in some cases on Up some- Up to 6%. 6% just on the buyer side. So imagine, this is, uh, this is going to be your reality. Uh, your buyer shows up. They're looking at, you know, three different homes and the, all three of the homes are a good candidate, a good fit for whatever they are looking for. Enough bedrooms, bathrooms, location, everything's exactly the way they want it. One of them pays less than market rate commission and the other pays, say, for example, more and the other substantially more. You're naturally going to want to lean towards the one that pays them substantially more if all things are the same. I don't think there are any buyer agents out there. Um, hopefully none listening that would somehow want to bend the, um, you know, essentially bend the, what would you say, the deal towards what's best for the buyer's agent. That is in what's best for your commission. That is technically and absolutely unethical. Well, it's an agency violation technically. If you right. Talk and, about that. But, you know, you can even show, and this is what we coach agents to do on the buyer side, show the buyers what the commission uh, is and have them clearly understand, you know, just full disclosure so nobody's surprised. I don't want them finding out after you're in contract uh, or them second guessing after they're in contract. Well, it looks like, you know, Bob put me in uh, contract on this house because it paid a 6% co-op. I didn't know that. Maybe I wouldn't have wanted this house had I known that Bob was getting twice the normal commission or whatever it was going to be. Especially if there were equal choices. Exactly. But the buyer's agent, if something doesn't go perfectly in the closing process or whatever, might forget that it was their decision and they made it. Mm -hmm. So just remember, over-disclosure yeah. is always a good measure to keep yourself out of hot water. And Julie, go ahead with the secret. Okay, so the secret commissions are actually rising in a shifting market. Don't be the only one paying a terrible percentage to the buyer side agent. They may just opt to not show your listing at all, again, because there are other choices. And we can, you know, beat agency to death on that philosophy, but it is what it is. Evident by the fact that agents are reticent to show for sale by owners. Why is that? Because they don't know what the commission deal is. So you go right to your MLS instead. So it's it's not something to really litigate on a podcast. It is just a fact. And different markets are, are more or less flexible. Just be careful that you're not the only one that gets booted to the bottom of the list because you're doing this. And yes, we realize that this, again, is a thorny issue. We are not wanting to walk into the briar patch here. No. We're just pointing out the fact that obviously if you've got something for sale, make it as appealing as possible. And one of the things you can do, you don't have to do, but you should consider doing is offering an incentive to the buyer's agent. And that will make your house, that listing even that much more appealing. And if you're wondering why, you know, Bob is selling all of his listings, you know, within a couple of weeks and yours aren't selling or yours are taking a couple of months, go to see what Bob, chances are Bob's listening to this podcast. Mm -hmm. Chances are Bob's doing everything we suggested over the past three podcasts. Do the same thing. Copy what Bob's doing, right? Yeah. Well, so for example, let's say that I'm a really motivated buyer and I've got one day this weekend to go out and I'm, I'm you know, very qualified. I'm ready to make a decision. And I'm scanning through everything and my agent is scanning through everything. And there's 10 houses that really, I think, meet my criteria, my price range and all the rest. And Bob's listing not just says there's a, even a $500 bonus for the buyer's agent, but also that the seller is willing to contribute towards buyer's closing costs. Buy down points, <laughs> flexible points, on closing. Might contingent, consider contingencies. I'm probably going to want to see that first 
And that might be my decision before I even get to the other listings. I might not even want to see those if it really meets my criteria and I get all of those things. Again, guys, it's just certain. It's just, it's obvious. It's it's obvious market dynamics though, because you're going to, I know a lot of you, this is like totally mind boggling because you've not been in this situation because you've been selling in this crazy seller's market. But what's going to happen is you're going to have three, four, five houses sometimes that the buyer can really choose between any of them. Now we do give you a lot of, I'm remembering the Flora model script. I'm remembering all these buyer agent scripts. This is all part of our- Buyer mastery is what you're talking about. Exactly. That's part of uh, the premier coaching program. But what's going to happen is the buyer is going to essentially find houses that are you know, if it's not this one, it's this one, it's this one, it's this one. And they're going to have a hard time making a decision which one they want to make an offer on. And that lack of, you know, that hard time making a decision might result in them making no decision, which may, might result in you uh, not getting an offer on your listing. So the suggestion we have is do whatever it takes to make your listing that much more competitive because as nice as the seller and you maybe even think that listing is, there are others out there that are going to be just as nice. But if you're going to overtly in the description and maybe even on the you know kitchen counter include some, you know, tchotchkes in the house, the pool tables included, the hot tubs included. But how about this? The seller uh, is willing to buy the, you know, the the, uh, buyer's rate down. Or how about the house has been pre-inspected and here is a stack of the receipts showing all the inspections that have been done. That's going to save the buyer the hassle of worrying about the inspection issue. You guys get it? And sometimes it'll save the seller tens of thousands of dollars in your act of desperation just driving the price down every week, which they don't want to hear from you anyway. You may end up doing that after you've done some of these things, but often this will be enough to nudge that decision-making. Remember, the best buyers right now, they're, you know, showings are becoming more precious, so make sure that you are the one they want to see. So point number 15, our last point in this three-part pod series, are you being complacent? This is a big issue for agents right now. Are you being complacent? Are you the problem or ineffective at communicating with the seller? Or afraid of communicating with the seller? Many times because you haven't had to deal with this for a while. When there's competition in the market, you must have a proactive strategy for being the listing that wins. So work to eliminate these 15 potential challenges that we've talked about over the past three podcasts before you launch the listing, ideally. But if that's impossible, you must price the home to be more competitive. Ideally, after doing all of these things to make it more competitive, it's no longer good enough for a listing to just be available. That's what sold them before. It was the only thing to, to, you know, the, for anybody to write on. The home you're listing must shine and be the clear choice for any buyer who sees it or buyer's agent seeing it in the MLS. So let's talk about this communication thing. We give you scripts in Premier Coaching, what to say when, we, uh, when you're supposed to be calling the sellers. We suggest you call the sellers. Not all of them are going to want to speak with you every week. Some of them are just going to be more than happy with getting the feedback from whatever feedback widget you're using. They might be happy with just a summary of the showing activity. What we're going to give you, we give you scripts and exactly what you should be covering with the seller every week when you call them. If the real takeaway from point number 15 is if you do not over communicate with them in a market like this, I promise you they will resent you. They will actually work against you. They may fire you. And they will fire you. And then you're going to see somebody else gets the listing, maybe the same price that you had it listed at and they sell it in the first week. That's right. You, so You got to work on over communicating in this market with the seller they must hear from you again at least once a week. And then if you have the other widgets that are working for you, mm-hmm. the feedback widget, we also will suggest you send them reports. And luckily for all of you guys, this is all automated and very simple. How many views did they get on realtor.com, for example? How many agents, you know, have how many people looked at this ad or that ad? All this stuff is very simple. It's all out there. Matter of fact, many of you 
don't even realize that a lot of the things that are like KV Core through EXP mm-hmm. and your MLS even, it keeps track of how many times was the house looked at by agents on the MLS, right? All this type of stuff. That's the information that you're going to have to start gathering for the seller because here's the big question that you're going to be in fear of ever hearing. It's a version of what have you done for me lately? But here's the real uh, death blow that most listing agents are fearful of hearing. Once you have the listing, once you put all this work and sometimes money into getting it sold, the agent or the seller is going to ask you, hey, Bob, why haven't you been showing the property? That is a really, really scary question. And I'll give you the answer to that question in a second. But Bob, why haven't you been showing the property? And you're going to say, well, I've got all these ads going on. We've got all this, you know, the Goodyear blimp. We are having all this. Da, 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 da. You are going to try to placate the seller. And that will work for a relatively short period of time, a week or two or three. And then the seller is going to go, I hired you to sell this house. You haven't been showing this house. You are not bringing your buyers through. I hired you because I thought you actually knew what the hell you were doing and you'd have buyers. You're going to need to know how to handle that situation. If you actually have that conversation with that seller, it's because you've been ineffectively communicating uh, up to what that. you are doing for them. Correct. And you didn't set the you didn't essentially set the whole relationship uh, in a path towards success when you took the listing, thus the guide and learning how to say other things to them. You have to set realistic expectations because if they're thinking like the house that they sold three years ago, it's going to sell in three seconds with 30 offers and you now are in uh, into month two, you're going to be fired because they feel like you lied to them. So the script for that, by the way, is Mr. Seller, listen, I appreciate you asking. And that is a great question. And the fact is, is I might not always be the agent that's showing the house, but I am the reason that it's getting shown. And let me explain why. Most agents are basically just passive. They're going to stick it in the MLS. It's called the five P's. They're going to put a sign. They're going to put it in the MLS. They're going to, I don't remember all Pray of them. Pray to the real estate guys. <laughs> no, that, I think that was number five. Possibly try an open house. That's right. That was one of them. I'll I put a sign in the yard yeah. and there was maybe another one. We have to find that those, I forgot what the five P's yeah. were. But yeah. So but that's, basically they're passive. Right. They're passive. That's really the essence of the five P's. They're passive. They're not doing anything. Whereas what I'm doing, Mr. Seller, is I'm being proactive to get the property sold. That's the reason that in, say, for example, Realtor.com, you had you know 47 people view all the pictures last week. That's the reason that you had you know six showings in the past week. So I might not always be the agent that's showing the property, Mr. Seller, but I am the reason it's getting shown. Hopefully that, and then generally speaking, that's going to make the seller happy. But if you get that question, it's because you've not been over communicating up to that point and they're setting the stage. They're making essentially making it so that it's going to be easier for them to fire you. And when they do, they're going to say this, Bob never communicated with me. That's what they're going to say. That's exactly right. And a lot of the work that we do in premier coaching is setting you guys up to have the scripts and the skills and the habits to avoid those types of uncomfortable conversations, especially when you're not used to having any of those, when it's never even crossed your mind because your listings were selling in 22 seconds, you have to be prepared for those conversations. So I'll tell you, our coaching clients have these specific things set up. They have uh, multiple listings at the same time. They are talking to their sellers the same time, the same afternoon, every single week using the 12-week seller communication plan until it sells, if they're not selling it right away because you know, they follow our pricing strategies and get it right in the first place. And they do things like this 15 piece checklist to make sure that you launch it correctly in the first place. Every one of our coaching clients has a specific plan for each listing because they're talking to them. I know because I talk to the coaches, because I talk to the coaching clients that they'll say, I listed this on this date. 
if we make it to the third weekend and we don't have somebody that we're dancing with with offers, if not more than one, then we're going to adjust the price to more accurately represent the expectations of the market, of the buyers in the market, if they <laughs> haven't already got a feedback plan and everything else. The point is, never. there's certain things that you never say and we teach you in Premier Coaching. Julie just gave you an example. Uh, so Mr. Show, Mr. Seller, this is when you take the listing, right? And again, this is one of the many things you say to a seller so you don't set yourself up for failure and disappointment, so you set yourself up for success. Mr. Seller, if we don't have a verified written offer in your property in two weeks or 10 showings, and you have to adjust that accordingly. If you're selling more expensive stuff and the market's extra slow, you're going to have to know your market statistics. So you might want to say, you know, five showings or 30 days or three showings. You guys get it. But, you know, you figure that out. So if we don't have a written verified offer within 10 days or 10 showings or, you know, two weeks and five showings, whatever, that we agree that we will reposition the house in the market to correctly reflect the buyer's or the market's expectations. That's what you say when you take the listing. Now, what you're doing then is you're saying, so please, Mr. Seller, mark on your calendar, you know, 14 days into the future on the 15th day, I'm going to call you. And then we're going to review the mark, the house's position on the market. So again, we are in alignment with the buyer's expectations. So mark that down. What you've done is you told the uh, seller ahead of time that there is a imminent price change conversation. Setting without, expectations. Right, exactly. And when you do that, they're going to, you notice you had them write it down. They're going to expect that into the future. They're going to, and here's the thing that's kind of amazing. It's kind of the call before the call, which is another mm -hmm. script we teach you in Premier Coaching. But the essence of it is, is they're going to go through the emotional, like if you just call them out of the blue and say it's time for a price change, you use all bad words and, you know, not swear words, but price change is a bad word in the mind of a seller, right? Mm -hmm. So if you call them out of the blue and say, I want to get a price change, they're going to say hell to the no in most cases. Especially if that's the only thing they're hearing from you. And guess what? You're probably going to set yourself up to be fired. Oh, someone's trying to FaceTime us. That's weird. Who the heck is that? Oh, that's uh. Zoe's friend. <laughs> just just let it be. She'll handle it. Okay, okay, so Zoe knows how to get her own. Yeah. <laughs> we are getting a FaceTime from a nine-year-old in Puerto Rico. She must have just gotten home. Yes. <laughs> she did. That's hilarious. It is hilarious. All right, so uh, the point of it is, is that if you don't set expectations, if you're telling the seller that in two weeks or 10 showings, we're going to have a price adjustment a conversation, again, use our scripts. Don't say price adjustment, right? Repositioning the market, how them on the market to correctly reflect the market's expectation. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen is in those two weeks, all the emotions that would have basic that, uh, you know, of disappointment, of anger, of remorse, of resentment, all the normal emotions that a seller has to go through to let go of the idea that they're going to get some elevated price. They've sort of exercised those like, you know, like you do in, you know, <laughs> like a Catholic priest is exercising yeah, a demon. But they're you know? not doing that on the phone with you when right. you call. They've already kind of worked it out in their head. Exactly. You know what always amazed me about this? Two things. One is, I mean, this assumes that you don't price it right in the first place and sell it right away because even in a shifting market, even a buyer's market, when it's priced right and it's staged properly and you prepare it like we did over these 15 points, a lot of that stuff will sell right away when you do it right up front. Oh, yeah. That still does happen. So I don't want to set their expectations that nothing's going to sell right away and you have to have this call every time. But the interesting thing when you set that seller up for two weeks or 10 showings or 30 days or five showings or whatever is that sometimes they'll actually call you. That's exactly what happens. Or I was so shocked that, you know, when we were first learning this and they, they'd be like, well, we're on our 10th showing. I guess it's time to, you know, take the price down. And, and the second part to that, which I think I originally learned from Rory, was to ask them what price they have in mind. Actually, the, the script was, I remember this too. Yeah. Uh, so yes, which, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. We're having all these price reduction conversations with all of you guys again. It's been almost 20 years, but here we go. It's the, what at what price does your heart stop? 
Yeah, that, that was one that's of the probably scripts. jumping to extremes. Yeah, but we now, teach but... you all this stuff. Yeah, there are actually scripts that we're not having to teach you guys yet because the market's not truly like it was. And, we don't you know, need to freak you out. We've been doing this for so long. <laughs> we've actually coached and trained and even sold, you know, sold real estate in a market for 10 years where there really was never a seller's market where the average days in the market was six months. The buyers had all the power. Then. The buyers had all the power. Interest rates, by the way, were six percent, seven percent, eight percent. That was normal. Yeah. Every mortgage was a seven, you know, seven one arm, seven twenty three, yeah. exactly. So that was all normal stuff. That's the reason we're comfortable and confident you guys will kick ass in this marketplace. Yes, but so, so we have coached yeah. millions of agents to do it. Yeah. Millions is an exaggeration, but I think hundreds of thousands would be a better way of stating it. Mm -hmm. And we know in this marketplace, it is actually easier to get traction. Because because of the fact that so few agents have the skill set. And because the sellers need you that much more. That's if right. you've got to sell, not just have to sell, maybe if I get my price, I'll sell. You know, a lot of that is dried up. And so the good news about that is the sellers that remain are pretty dead serious about getting the job done. And that means you've got to be real serious about your skills. The types of things that we're talking about here, this is just the tip of the iceberg compared to what you get in coaching. Why would you go through a shifting market by yourself trying to figure out what in the world's going on and how you're supposed to talk about it? Well, again, and that ex expired listings are the perfect listings to be pursuing right now because you know what the, you, A, you know a seller, the seller wants to hire an agent. They've done it before. Mm -hmm. You know they're willing to pay a commission. You know what the commit, you know, so there's all the normal things that you guys worry about that are already resolved. But the best one is you know what the price isn't and i think even better than that the sellers i think um you know i would say overinflated sense of value has dried up and maybe they're being over really particular about low allowing showings or maybe they're resistant to actually listen to feedback assuming they even got any from their previous listing agent all of those things have just gone by poof in the wind and now they're actually ready and amicable to listen to anything that's going to get the property sold and in many cases They've been burning their candle financially at both ends. They've got another mm -hmm. house. They've got a reload. They've Those got are the some, best ones. Though. And they're going to be very motivated and they're going to listen to you. But here's the funny part. And this will shock you how frequently this happens. Anybody who's been in the business for more than five seconds has probably had this experience. You're going to go out and list an, ex list an expired. You're going to price it at the exact same price. You're not even going to have time to put in pictures. You're going to write a description, but it's just basically a first draft. No measurements, no nothing, nothing money, and the house is going to sell with multiple offers. Even though it had just been a, uh, on the market previously for six months with um, at the same price. Now, why does that happen? Because there's a whole bunch of little matriculations that happen inside the MLS. Agents and buyers even will decide, well, if the house hasn't sold within the first 30 days, again, this is how the market has to adjust to this new market. Mm -hmm. Their perception is if it doesn't sell really, not even within 30 days, but within one week, that something must be wrong with it. And then new listings come up. And what happens is the days in the market starts to extend. Buyers, agents, and even buyers stop looking at it, start stop setting up showings. It's like driving past a billboard. The first couple times you see it, you notice, oh, that's interesting. And then you just keep on driving past because you've already registered it in your brain. You're like, all right, well, maybe I'll notice again when it changes. It's human nature, right? So it is true. If you actually look and you compare days on the market to a newly listed expired versus how many days on the market it languished, usually expireds, sometimes with some tweaks, will sell right away or right. real close to right away. And I think one of the reasons is that sellers, we would say, are more coachable. Now, 
Are there some expireds that are losing their will to sell? Yes, but the, the best ones, they'll say, tell me what to do to get it sold. They're much more coachable and that's why it sells faster. The only, reason, the only way you're gonna have these experiences of what Julie and I are sharing with you is if you do the real work of real estate, which means you're gonna have to have the skills necessary to earn the right to be that seller's new listing agent. And that's what we teach you in Premier Coaching amongst many, 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 many other things. So text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372 or simply go to members.timandjulie harris.com remember when texting message and data rates may apply so julie harris what is the yes. topic for tomorrow have you decided uh, yet tomorrow is what we are working on about helping them to talk to buyers about why it is still a good time to buy oh, oh there's right. a shocking thought right it is still a good time to buy who's saying that mm. and i've had a lot of reports from coaching clients that have run into other agents that are for some reason, wandering around the wilds of real estate saying, oh, I guess it's not a great time to buy anymore. It's not time to sell anymore. How is your business going to do if that's your philosophy? This is going to be a killer podcast. You and I yes. have been working on this on our morning walks for I think like it's going to be weeks. a multi-part at this point. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. And so <laughs> as promised, what we're going to do is we're going to uh, present this to you guys in the podcast over the next you know, two to three days. And then we're going to make it to one or two videos. The videos that we're going to make, the lovely Julie Harris will be doing. Um, and right, make, make sure if you guys haven't checked out our YouTube video, our YouTube channel, we're really piling on a ton of new content that's YouTube exclusive. But then what we're going to do is we're going to make a video or videos presenting that content to your uh, prospective buyers. And the idea is that then you can take those videos and then you can download them and you can or just share the link with your prospective buyers so you can then essentially feel more comfortable working with them and they can feel more comfortable buying a house. Because a lot of times what happens, and Julie just expressed it, is the buyer's agents are the ones that are querying the sale because they don't really know what's going on in the market. They don't, like I got a message today, someone was asking me like, how do I sign up to get the REOs? To which I said, well, what REOs? Go to your MLS and find out, tell me how many notices of defaults there are. I already knew what the percent of distressed property was in the country, but I wanted her to go and do homework herself. Guess what? There were no notices of defaults in her MLS. Done. None. Zero. Like zilch. And obviously, notice of defaults are the precursor to REOs. Uh, why am I sharing this with you guys? Focus on the opportunity that's in front of you. And the market is, and again, this is a conversation for you to have with your buyers. If you think that there's going to be a lot of distressed real estate that's coming up, chances are, because you're, you know, most of you guys are honest, ethical, moral people, you're not going to feel comfortable telling someone to buy a house if you think there's a high probability the house will be worth substantially less in the future. And you're talking yourself out of working with buyers. You're talking yourself out of selling real estate. Well, here's the actual facts. The Well, what we're going to show you over the next few days on the podcast. Now is probably the best time to buy a house in maybe the next 10 years, even with the interest rates, right? Because of inflation. And right, this is going to be something that if you don't sell them the house, if you don't show them the house, if you're not encouraging in them and motivating them to move forward and buying the house, and then a year from now, the rent's gone up by 25%, and the house they would have otherwise bought's gone up by at least 10 or 15%. How are you going to feel then? And that's what you're setting yourself exactly. up for. So make sure you guys listen to, uh, to the pods over the next few days. In the meantime, thank you for continuing to make this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. Please do comment, like, subscribe. If you're over on YouTube, please do subscribe to the YouTube channel. That channel's getting a lot of momentum. We certainly appreciate it. If there's ever anything we can do for you guys, um, you can actually text me directly at 512-758-0206. Do not call, text. If you call, I will not answer. By the way, if you're ready to join EXP Realty, you can also text me directly at 512-758-0206, and we can have that conversation as well. Or you can always message us on Instagram or even message us um, in YouTube. You guys have a fantastic day. 
Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.